Welcome back, Ashley. Hello, this is Drew here with my getting littler by the everyday <laughs> sister in some Perfect. ways. Yeah. <laughs> Ashley, and in other ways, getting, you know, growing her family. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Externally getting bigger in turn or something like that. I don't know. Yeah. I'm glad that you're joining us, at least for, for this episode, because it's a yeah. fun show. Um, as a new mother, are you... Um, do you still have time like, you know, where you're sitting around wanting to watch and put stuff, put stuff on? Uh, yeah, a lot of time, a lot yeah. of time. Yeah. <laughs> it's probably not like perfectly scheduled or predictable, but no. you do have downtime. Yeah. Something like 3 a.m., 4 a.m., you know. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's the beauty of the streaming TV world, you know. Those, yeah, you can watch whenever. On demand. <laughs> um, well, um, welcome back in your... Um, presence that of course means Derek um, didn't want to see you so he's or the baby that's fine or the baby yep Um, (laughs) and congratulations again Um, it's very very exciting can't wait to see you in person in a couple days and um, see the baby so that's the biggest life update of the week I guess I should say the show title and premise and that thing that we do um, I almost forgot. This is <laughs> new release, a TV and sometimes movie podcast where each week we watch something new and then decide if we want more. <laughs> yeah, perfect time for a water break. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a while. It's been a while. Missed yeah. the cue. <laughs> what episode? Yeah, I've been moving it around. What um? What episode number are we on? One hundred and eighty-nine. Eleven more to go to two hundred. Yeah, I know. Crazy. Yeah, it's going to happen um, early next year by my calculations. Whoa. Wild. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, that's all we'll say about the number this week. I, every week, I promise not to talk about it. And <laughs> this week, I'm going to keep that promise. So, the first order of business is previously on new release. Yeah. We, um watched a couple things while you were gone. You didn't watch any of... Um, the shows that we uh Animusha. Oh, you watched Five Nights at Freddy's, right? Or no, you didn't. No, you told me not to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I didn't. <laughs> you did mention that you played the video game in VR though. Yeah, it's terrifying. Yeah. So I thought it would be I was like, oh, this movie's gonna be so good. And I like Josh Hutchinson, but I guess it wasn't very good. Was it scary at all? No. I mean okay. he he was good and the animatronics were really good. Like they spent a lot of effort, like building real um, uh, cre- creations and the way they moved and the design of them. I, I assume very heavily inspired from the game. They mm-hmm. were they were definitely creepy and and um, well executed. But the setup of the movie, I don't even know if it was trying. I mean, I assume it was trying to be scary, but like. The same reasons that it would be scary in the video game just don't really translate to a movie. Gotcha. I mean, it wasn't going for jump scares and things like popping up on the cameras, I guess, like they do in the game. He would just kind oh. of fall asleep on the job 
and then weird things the would, ship happen. would happen yeah yeah okay. it was it, they they obviously added well uh, uh, they focused more on his emotional backstory than the game does and oh. it's a kind of like a minimalistic um gameplay right i mean you're like watching things and just almost like a horror puzzle solving game mm-hmm. yep. yeah it's like find your way out of this room kind of stuff um, yeah so it's not like an action-packed style game and it's not an action-packed movie really um, so okay. I just think you get the worst of both worlds. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad I didn't waste my time because I was like, oh, yeah. this looks so good, but I guess not. <laughs> I mean, what was interesting about it is that 13 to 17 year old um, people showed up in huge numbers to the move to theaters. It made it's like one of the highest grossing opening weekends of the year. Um, it, oh. it is like sort of it does seem like the people that were like super fans of the game. I mean, you you kind of like um just I barely uh, yeah played it. Y- yeah, I got a little taste of the game, but the people that are like su- like cuz there's like three or four sequels, there's a spin-off, there's this mm-hmm. whole world-building aspect of the game. And so there's easter eggs in the movie for the hardcore oh, people. Oh, okay. Well, that's cool. I mean Yeah. And it's okay. like a younger audience that I just had like there was that whole gentle minions thing where people dressed up in like prom outfits and went to minions like younger oh. younger kids so like it's very huh. unpredictable and and kind of random what um that demo mm-hmm. is is interested in and, and and maybe it's more predictable if you are uh, a young teen versus yeah. me so i just didn't even know about the video game for one i didn't know that it had this rabid like fan base so um i'm glad i learned a little bit about this pop culture i um artifact yeah, but, but you didn't enjoy it. the movie. Yeah. <laughs> no. Um, I mean, I'd quite enjoy the game if I ever had a reason. You or, can play or, it here if you want to try it. We I, still I, have I, it. Yeah, I would be curious. I haven't really had any n- one or two. No, I mean, like very few notable like VR experiences. Period. Mm-hmm. I, I've only like tried it a couple times for the more um, kind of like demo-y type yeah. games, like Shark tank or shark cage diving uh, and things like that um, okay. i haven't done anything like really cool in vr yeah we have that we have like a bow and arrow game where you can like shoot things which is pretty cool so if you want to try nice. it i actually get a headache pretty quickly so i can't do it that long yeah um anyway. all right well that's freddy's um and then uh, did you watch any more house of usher so i have two episodes left so i did watch a little bit more um just not there yet. It's not yeah. done, but I'm definitely going to finish it. It's still so good. <laughs> so, yeah. And it gets, um, that's what I wanted to talk to you about. Once you finish it, if you, you kind of lost momentum for various gigantic life event reasons. Yeah. <laughs> but if the pacing and the drawn out story and, and all the monologuing, you know, does it kind of wear thin over time or, you know, uh, you, if this was just a ten, a normal like release, like over ten weeks, I I know I would be dying to watch it week to week. But if you binge it, maybe it it can feel a little bloated. I don't know. Yeah, and we haven't binged it, so right. We kind of watch it week to week to or like week like one week and then skip two weeks and then you know so. But we'll finish it. But yeah, I think we have two episodes, maybe three left. Um, but it's still very good and interesting. Cool. So. 
I bet you're caught up. What? I was going to say, I bet you're caught up on Wrexham. Oh, yeah. Yep. I'm almost caught up. Do you still enjoy it? Yeah, I left off with the um, uh, female team kind of completing their undefeated season. Yeah. And does that mean they're promoted yet or they still have to win a tournament? They have to play the South version. Like, they're right. There's two different. I don't remember, but they still have to play like one big game or something like that to make sure. Yeah, that's kind of nerve wracking because even the the last game of their season, which didn't really mean anything other than them getting to be undefeated. Mm-hmm. I think they only won by one goal. And in soccer, the margins can be really, really yeah. narrow. And same for is going to go for the men's because they're not going to be nearly as like heavily favored in wherever whatever final game they have, they've lost games. They've should have won already throughout mm-hmm. the year. So that's going to be um, tense. Derek said last week, there are going to be 18 episodes. I want to say either 16 or 18. So. I think it's 18. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, at pretty long. Uh, Cause it's a long talking season. So. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm keeping up and I'm excited to see. Um, how the the rest of the men's season goes, of course, and whether they um, complete their mission. <laughs> yeah, because you don't know. Just cool. no. Yeah, I, I I do not know. I've seen like stories here, headlines here and there, but nothing that spoils the outcome. Just kind of like so and so reacts to this Rex yeah. thing. Nice, um, cool. That's mm-hmm. awesome. All right. Well, those are our updates from previously on. I have a feeling we're going to be going into a stretch of episodes, not to spoil anything, or a stretch of shows that I'm more excited about. So mm-hmm. um, we might have a new wave of things <laughs> to give updates on soon. But um, what are we watching this week for our future presentation, Ashley? So we are watching The Curse, um, which came out on Showtime and on Paramount, I think. Yes. Um, it starts Emma Stone, and I don't really know the other people, but I should. But it's basically about them trying to do all these good acts in their in this small town, and then one act turns into a potential curse. Uh, yeah. Is it about any of that? I'll, I'll we'll, we'll we'll discuss after yeah. the trailer. <laughs> <laughs> There's no such thing as a perfect city, but to me, this city is as close as it comes. That's why we're proud to call Espanola my home. Oh, shit. Our home. All right, you got it. Okay. This isn't your typical home flipping show. My homes are reflecting the local communities. Come on. And we're husband and wife. (laughs) So what could go wrong? Grab a quick shot of you. Music's good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the other her partner and husband on the show, probably, maybe, um, mm-hmm. is Nathan Fielder. Do you know anything about his show, Nathan for You? No, I do not. Okay. So he has a alternate reality show that sort of feels like a basically the premise of his show nathan for you is um he goes to a business proposes the most ridiculous idea like to drum up interest in your ice cream shop we're going to introduce a poo flavor and we're going to actually make it i think i have okay 
Okay. Yep. And, that's him. And then, oh. Yeah, that's him. And then everyone on the show, because I watched some yesterday just to remind myself. Um, I've only mm-hmm. seen a handful of episodes before. Everyone on that show is either in on the joke or it's partially scripted. You don't really know. It's not a it's not a straightforward reality show where obviously you can debate how scripted those are, but mm-hmm. the people are trying to come off like real I don't even know. I mean, the more I talk <laughs> about this, the more what's so interesting about the curse is it's commenting on all these elements of mm-hmm. reality TV show making. The closest analogy for the what they're doing on the curse, which is the making of a home renovation or house flipping or HGTV style reality mm-hmm. show. Have you watched? Are there any of those that, that you've watched? Oh, I watched HGTV all the time. That was yeah. like the main thing we watched when you're in the hospital. So. <laughs> right. Um, do you watch them? Um, oh, God. What did I watch yesterday? Oh, Fixer Uppers. Um, I have. Yeah. I like the yeah. ones where they have to, where they move or they have like three cho- houses to choose from and then they pick one by the end of the right. show. That's my favorite. I forgot the I, name of it, but we watched hours of it in the hospital. Yeah. And those shows are like satisfying. They follow a formula. They are like, they hit some emotional beats that are, that are predictable, but they're also like very dependent on the charisma of the hosts. I mean, on <laughs> Fixer Upper, it's, it's a husband and wife team and they're just like, so stupid and uh, ridiculous <laughs> and but they and they take themselves so seriously but like also the husband is a, a huge goofball at the same time mm-hmm. so it's just like the tone is complete earnestness which is what they go for in the curse but yeah. then you see behind the scenes yeah that maybe it's all a charade mm-hmm. um so yeah, yeah i hated the opening of it i hated it so much what was the the opening when they're interviewing when they... um the oh, right. son and his mom and they're like the mom like didn't understand english fully but they got this on a job at this ice cream shop or coffee shop or whatever and they were like yeah can you just like cry a little bit or look like upset and he's like well can i just put some water in your eye and what about some like menthol in your eyes to make sure like you look like you're crying and i was like this is terrible like but emma stone didn't even like didn't like that either so i was like it, that is when yeah. you're still very conflicted about whether they're good people yeah like uh, f- the the first scene you are still assuming they're doing this for the right reasons mm-hmm. by about halfway through the episode <laughs> or you know by the end you're definitely one yeah. you're questioning you know their relationship you're questioning their motives she's got like well you, you he basically cracks like a third yeah. of the way through the episode and, and kind of flips out on someone that's interviewing him and and like very uncomfortably ask her to to look at him and he's like pointing and commanding her and then black not blackmailing her but bribing her bribing her yeah air that so and give her some other dirt on something else yeah 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 so they're at (laughs) best like very complicated um conflicted people and at worst they're just doing this as a complete like there she's a, just another version of her parents and her parents mm-hmm. are are real estate like some lords kind of some lords and they yeah. exploited and gentrified communities and profited from it 
And now they're kind of like, she's just putting a modern spin on that. Like sustainability mm-hmm. is a big selling point, but it's not actually realistic for anyone to afford the, the the houses that they're building. They're supposed to be adding jobs to the community, but they only are signing short-term leases and hire supposedly hiring people from the community, but they have these hot like Australian Australian, yeah. Um bartenders and or um coffee um uh baristas instead. So yeah. <laughs> I mean, was there any ambiguity in your mind by the end of the episode that they are doing anything good? No. <laughs> oh, okay. Gotcha. No, no. But at the beginning I was like, oh okay, like Emma Stone, maybe she's, you know, like he seemed like the bad guy and she was like, well, maybe she's not that bad. And I was like, oh, now they're kind of all bad. <laughs> well, yeah. So it's the director um, played by Benny oh, yeah. Safdie, one of the Safdie brothers, um, director of Uncut Gems. And and he's been like acting in a lot of stuff. Um, his brother, Josh, Joshua Safdie, like is usually the one directing and, and Benny's in, in front of the camera a little bit more. But um he that's why it has like the synth soundtrack they always work mm-hmm. with um the same electronic music group to to create that um and so he's kind of the co-creator with Nathan Fielder this is very much an extension of Nathan Fielder's reality tv uh, like, okay. universe i feel like i mean it's it's Nathan for you but with all this like behind the camera um drama exposed uh, at the same time, although there's no guys in this that you're watching, you, that you're thinking that the reality show elements are ever real. This is feels yeah. fully scripted, right? Oh, completely. Yeah, yeah. But but they're at, but you know it's this meta <laughs> meta layer of like you're seeing how they would act on and off camera, mm-hmm. um, even though presume yeah, even though it's not like presenting itself as a reality show, just that they're making one. Yeah. But but yeah, the director is at first the just kind of like monstrous like personality in that in that first situation. And then he almost by the end just comes off as the person who's just being honest and straightforward and just trying to make entertaining reality TV. Once he shows, what did you think of his? Oh my gosh, his <laughs> his romantic reality show, Love to the Third Degree. That was ridiculous. <laughs> oh, so, but then I was watching. I was like, this could exist. Yeah, given our like society, but um, yeah, that was. He was like, yeah, I just went for something different, but no one picked up on like picked it up, and I was like, that makes sense, but like, you know. Oh man, that it does bad. exist. I mean, it's Love Is Blind, right? I mean, there are well, probably... it makes with the bat. It's like The Bachelor yeah. mixed with Love Is Blind, yeah, yeah. And the premise is just that, like, you know, you're you're meeting someone you can't see their face. You're making out with like a dude in a, a gold mask um, for months, and then when they're finally unveil un- unveiled, you find out that they're a, a majorly um, disfigured yeah. burn victim. <laughs> Oh my gosh. But then even that, like Emma Stone reacted to that was just like, I I don't know. I feel like there's some type of like sympathetic character within her a little bit. Interesting. I mean, it would make for probably a you can't more... have both, both of them be hateable right. or dislikable. And the like all of them, all three of them. Yeah. So maybe she is trying to do good because of her parents are not great. I don't know. Yeah. 
if it's not clear yet, I mean, I thought this was an incredible show and really original. I mean, it's it's satirizing some of the most like voluminous content <laughs> out there, just like an endless amount of of um, reality home improvement style programming. And mm-hmm. yet it's putting a completely different kind of spin and, and tone on it. Um, but also before we talk about some of the other comedic oh, ridiculous no. elements, um, yeah, <laughs> the cherry tomato boys, uh, before, we, <laughs> before we talk about that, um, the filmmaking, because this is, you know, under the, um, new TV arm of a 24, this mm-hmm. has a real like artistic cinematic, um, it's a little gritty lens as well yeah well yeah. like that first opening scene that you're talking about it starts on like a, a slow zoom through mm-hmm. the window like you're hearing i guess the interview questions and you're seeing a guy in a window um who's the interview subject but it's just like i don't know it presents this stuff in a in a completely different um viewpoint as well yeah i thought it was a i thought i was on the wrong show when it started right. yeah i was like wait what oh, okay <laughs> I was like, did I click on the right thing? Um, yeah, very interesting beginning. Right. <sighs> and I mean, what did you think of like, did you, f- were they trying to convey that they were filming a lot of this and maybe you're watching like what the director is going to eventually put together with all his like behind the scenes footage? Or are we, or is there a third camera that isn't part of the show <laughs> that's filming what we're seeing? I don't know. Did you mm. think about any of that? I did because, well, I'm more curious about like what the final product will look like because right. I feel like he's just going to take it and just destroy them. Which, which <laughs> would basically be what we're watching. Yeah. Like, because we do see him filming stuff that he's not, that they don't want him to film. Mm-hmm. Um, and we see him like working that and, but we don't see him or his crew like, doing the shot I was just describing or some of right. the other really artsy shots. Like presumably sometimes they're like in a room alone, um, having, um, very unusual sex for instance, and yeah. <laughs> no one else is in the room with them unless there's like a hidden camera capturing that scene, which, you know, they're very well, it could, could be, be. <laughs> but I don't, I don't think so. I think it's only through his lens and then the hidden, like, or the footage he gets that you see him getting. I don't think there's another layer, but if there is, I mean, yeah, there very well could be, especially in those, ho- those like weird homes. I mean, he could just hidden cameras everywhere. True. Um, and, and and he is working both sides too, because like mm-hmm. he could be, have more, um, like there could be a twist where Nathan Fielder's character was making a different show than, um, his wife who is kind of treating him a little bit like a prop. Um, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, True. you know, and her his place in in her life um, is uh, always kind of like having to prove himself and his inferiority going back to his rather um, small penis, which we see. That was so a... weird. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I I did not expect that. And then her dad's yeah. penis. I was yeah. like, what is going on? Like This show is wild. Yeah, that's when it that's when it it fully had had me. Um <laughs> just because it, it went in such a, a such an unexpected direction and then it kept going 
even further yeah. down that path. Like in the first episode of Nathan for you, he like has a couple weird conversations with with people like one woman who recognizes the poo flavor of ice cream. He's like interrogating her about like how how do you know? Oh, you can you, you, it's okay. You can say if you've if you've had it before, you can try but like this just it wants to establish that he has this inferiority complex and mm-hmm. you know so he's taking out his like he's either like being really strict about money he's like trying to exercise power in all these like the smallest little micro aggression yeah. aggressions yeah the smallest yeah. microest way possible yeah. <laughs> and her dad um oh my god establishes dominance and power by taking him into the greenhouse first he serves him a plate of cut tomatoes that he had that he urinated on. on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then he takes them to the greenhouse and urinates for like two and a half minutes. Yeah, a very long time. <laughs> um so we've already seen Nathan Fielder peeing. That's how we like we see his full frontal shot. Um, after they show I, baby carrot before the scene before. Yeah. Oh uh, wow I, for, <laughs> I forgot that. So I love transitions like that. Um, What's the term for that? Didn't you say there's a term? Like there's like, well, there's dissolves where they're like dissolve, like they'll the screen will fade from one similar thing to another. Mm. Sometimes they're just like cuts. There probably is a filmmaking term for it, but they're basically just clever transitions. Stranger yeah. Things does it a ton. Like something might be spinning in one scene, and then a different thing is spinning in in the next scene. So there's a <laughs> lot of different ways to do it, but uh, baby carrot to micro penis to cherry tomato <laughs> to another is, yeah <laughs> well and even micro or penis yeah um but a penis that uh, but a bladder that <laughs> an, uns- an unbelievable <laughs> oh, amount man. of urine so he's giving this whole speech to him about how it's okay to have a little dick yeah and then he turns to him and and we see you know, uh, I mean, like the implication is that he's going to have a, a large penis because he's yeah. been peeing for so long. Right. But, you know, <laughs> but, surprise. But he's like, nah, and, and then he calls them the cherry tomato boys. Yeah. <laughs> so that scene was just on another level, I thought. Oh, man. N- your new favorite show because of that. <laughs> that is one reason, like, uh, like I said, the filmmaking is is really creative. Their sex scene is oh just gosh. ridiculous yeah um, steven <laughs> yeah so she has a sex toy that uh fielder uses on her and sorry i keep using his name because you know i don't know whether that's his penis or not but regardless not. <laughs> um i think his name's asher uh, oh yep it is yep you're right uh so and you know what i just looked this up because i wasn't sure what their names were it's kind of weird that her name is fielder that's like an inside joke because I don't know oh. if they say it, but his last name is Fielder and her character name is Fielder. <laughs> um, I just put that together. Huh. Um, so, yeah. Anyway, um, Asher is using a sex toy on his wife, Fielder, Emma Stone's character. And we got to talk about her more as well. Because um, she hasn't been in a ton of movies lately. No. Uh, but the, so he's kind of like an outsider watching this this um sex act because he's like 
asking her how much he can do. And Steven is a personified sex toy. Um, and so he can only touch himself um, or her through a sex toy. And yeah. yeah, it's just this ridiculous. Again, like it could be like a a, a very quick one-off joke, but it goes on for minutes. It's like yeah. the full <laughs> length of what their, their, you know, sexual yeah everything uncomfortable lasts about three like three minutes longer than you think it's going to (laughs) yeah and that same thing on his reality show that's definitely like a good way to make awkward comedy more awkward and 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 (laughs) more entertaining um but also that scene was cool because it was mutually um like uh successful or mutually um erotic for both of them seemingly yeah. so it was a consensual kind of act that they were both equally into it it seemed like even though it was kind of played for um laughs or disturbingness or weirdness but, but yeah it should some type of bond between them yeah and they yeah, were really seen. yeah they were bond like they were he brought up in the car after he had that insane conversation with her dad and though they're flirting with each other in the car and you think they're going to like get in an accident, but they don't. Um, (laughs) And then there's another really interesting filmmaking choice where he's putting the boxes from like a blue apron, not a sponsored style home delivery meal in the fridge. (laughs) Yeah. And, but like they're showing her through a mirror on the wall and that's slowly the whole conversation takes place with him in the frame and her in the mirror. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was just like a unique perspective for that. Uh, and that's another example of how he's like trying to exert his power, like spending um, way more time than he needs to on hold with, with blue apron trying yeah. to get a refund <laughs> for the the lack of chicken in his penne. Yeah. It's chicken penne. I mean, yeah. You know. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, okay, let's talk about the curse because I have some questions mm-hmm. around there. Do you want to explain how he gets cursed? Sure. Um, it's pretty funny. Too. Yeah, it's pretty like ridiculous. Um, so the director, um, or I guess the, the guy who's filming, what's his name? Ducky? No. Dougie. Dougie. Okay. Yeah. So Dougie is like, oh, let's do some like B-roll kind of stuff. And I want you to, there's this kid selling sodas in the parking lot. And he's like, yeah, I want you to give the kid some money and we can just like... Sh- film this whatever showing you doing a good deed and so asher immediately walks over and he realizes he only has a hundred dollar bill in his wallet he's like uh okay and so he goes to get the kid a hundred dollars and he's like oh i don't want any soda like it's good whatever and then they stop filming but not really and then he's like actually can i have a hundred dollars back like i'll give you i'll take twenty dollars out of the atm blah blah blah. and it's like a very weird uncomfortable scene and then the kid's parents come and like their brother she's like i got a hundred dollars she's so excited and he's like trying to get it back from her he take takes it back and then she curses him yeah yeah <laughs> it, it and that's just a, that's he we maybe they are gonna have money problems and most likely they're we do find out that they're overextended and you know uh, if this reality show which is going horribly so yeah. far doesn't pan out um, then they basically have no real way to save their <laughs> their investments. However, mm-hmm. there he didn't need to worry about the difference between you know 
$80 and or right. $20 and, and $100, like in the grand scheme of things, it was that was just an inferiority power move as, as yeah. well, like he or like some kind of him taking a principled stand mm-hmm. he like couldn't give her a full hundred dollars that would be crazy so right <laughs> he goes through all this effort and on discomfort to break the to get money out of the atm and then gives one his pin number <laughs> yeah exactly creates all this like um racial tension with him like not trusting the people in the community like because you know it's it's never comfortable to give your pen number to yeah. someone else but like he won't he like won't describe the people that he gave the money to as black like he he like yeah gives, there's just all these like these pretty subtle and well done um indications that they're obviously outsiders coming in to gentrify this community for their own benefit under the guise that they're helping the community but the way these little moments play out just reinforce the di- how yeah. disingenuous their effort is um so what I wanted to ask you though is because mm-hmm. he tries to find the family on his wife's insistence. Oh my gosh! And, and then he lies to her. Money. Oh uh, yeah, and then he like makes up this whole story. A, a, a huge monologue about how he gave her the money, and they invited him to dinner, and then he <laughs> hugged her, and uh, uh, he bought it, I guess, just because she wanted to believe yeah. that they were not cursed. But what I'm getting at, getting to, is. Mm-hmm do we think a curse exists or the curse is just them? Like, I mean, they're, they're just shitty people and bad things are happening to them. Like, is there any indication in the show that something has happened because of the curse? No, not okay. yet. Right. I was do hoping, you, I was hoping that it would, I wanted this to be become more like a horror, like something really dark. And with A24's involvement, I feel like that's very possible, but the, not in the first episode. It didn't happen. Right. So I was expecting that as well. And then they're in the car and they're veering off the road and you're, you're just waiting for, Mm -hmm. yeah, something clearly like um, catastrophic or, or um, supernatural even to happen. And it doesn't, but that got me thinking that, yeah, maybe, maybe the curse is going to be the name of the show that gets mm. created and it curse is just another word for, or another um, analogy to the uh, gentrification that they're promoting. Uh, I'm thinking that it would, it could be a very interesting show as well if it doesn't go there. And that's just kind of yeah. a, mis- a misdirect, like a lot of things. Um, yeah. Cause even like the, the trailer, I was like, Oh, this is going to be like, something's going to crazy is going to happen, but maybe it's just, yeah, maybe they're just cursed themselves and I, I mean the tone of the show i think has given me what i want out of na24 like cinematic style uh emotional drama whether it's mm-hmm. like whether it's a horror you know show or not it's it's still going in in really weird and unexpected uh directions so yeah i'll be fine either way but <laughs> I, I would still assume there might be some ramifications to that curse but it would be interesting uh, to me also if they if, if they just drop it. Yeah. Yeah. So well, um, what else happened in the first episode that you want to talk about? Let me look at my notes. I mean, wasn't it like an hour? It's like a movie. It's like an hour and yeah. 20 minutes or something. Uh, I'm just trying to think of 
talked well, about what did it make you think about the shows that you've watched you know because i because i was like literally flipping i watched this straight through but then i was flipping around between football because it was sunday night um fixer uppers because it was like live <laughs> on the magnolia network for some reason oh. i have a new a new season of fixer uppers was the first thing when you open the max app oh, the hotel okay. so it was like I feel like and Nathan for you is on Max. So I was in the Max app as well. <laughs> it would be kind of weird to have Max, which is owned by um Warner Brothers, which owns Discovery, which has all those shows like this is on Paramount, which I probably also has similar shows. But in, in anyway, like I was kind of just doing this um survey of of the different mm-hmm. tones between Nathan for you, the curse. Um, and then the actual like real version of this type of show, Fixer Uppers. And it, it made that experience more interesting watching Fixer Uppers just because it was like extra surreal after, mm-hmm. <laughs> after <I bet>. yeah. <laughs> seeing what could be happening behind the scenes and just like keying in on how artificial it's it's it seems. The the illusion is kind of burst. Um, mm-hmm. bursted so like I don't know will it make you watch those shows any differently or can they just exist separate um hmm. I think the reason I watch those shows is because I it's kind of like and it, I just want to look at the houses I don't really care about the personalities yeah. or anything so to me I don't care if stuff's happening behind the scenes I just want to like see what pick, house they pick <laughs> so yeah I kind of don't really it doesn't really change my perspective on it only because I just don't care enough to invest like thought into the show. Yeah. And those shows aren't like, um, I, I think everybody has their sweet spot of what kind of reality TV can like, they can just zone out to or appreciate intentionally at a very surface level, mm-hmm. like whether it's exotic tree houses or planet earth or the Kardashians or, like, yeah. you know, all these things can, can exist um it's just interesting when they i think the thing that this will change the most for me which you already kind of knew is like these home makeover shows where they're overemphasizing the impact that they're having on the family like versus like you're saying yeah. like I, I it's it's interesting just to see their approach to remaking the house um, mm-hmm. Or flipping a house or, you know, exotic properties on Sunset Strip, whatever that show is. I've been is. watching Sunset. That came out yeah. a couple of days ago. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's basically just real estate porn, which is cool. Um, yeah. I mean, like, which is cool if you're, if you want to see really cool properties. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you want to see, like, someone's life being changed or them having a profound effect on the community, that's where the cynical alarm bells will mm-hmm. go off even more maybe than than they would have I, I i guess i don't really know like how much people care about the life-changing components of these shows that they they often build in yeah i mean yeah i don't know the either. reaction shots just like all of that like stuff of like the family seeing the house for the first time. I mean, I, would you roll your eyes at those things currently, or does that help with the 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 impact? I, don't, I mean, I don't mind it. It's fine. 
It just doesn't really do. I mean, I just want I just want to see what they did with the house. I'm just curious about the design aspects. So I don't really care about the backstory or the family as much, which makes me sound like an asshole. But <laughs> do you find? I mean, I, the other thing with Fixer Uppers, they were the first one I watched was just a house, and it was kind of like a country, um, like country home living aesthetic that didn't mm-hmm. really match. It just it seemed pretty bland and generic. And then the hotel they built like two different model rooms. One of them had a little bit more like um, they used the concrete floors from the hotel and it had um, Hmm. pattern um, wallpaper. And like, and the other one was just like a very white and gray, like super generic um, interior design style. I, I, I didn't find at least on that show that they were even really, pushing showing me anything interesting from mm. a interior design perspective that was kind of disappointing yeah and i but i feel like that's what people want they don't want any of these like bold moves right. in their houses and stuff yeah um, where <laughs> i'd be like just go do whatever you want like patterns like anything like just make it like exciting for me to walk into but um One, that's why i like the selling sunset ones because they're like 25 million dollar homes and they're just like so absurd <laughs> i kind of forgot that I consume most of this content on um, YouTube. There's mm-hmm. either whether it's just like an exotic home tour or uh, Architecture Digest does the celebrity home oh, yeah. tours. Um, so David Harbor, like showing uh, the oh, personality. Yeah. 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 That one's great. That one's really cool. Um, there's so many. I, I I love those. And then it's it's basically just cribs, I guess. Mm-hmm. There's so, also some ones on YouTube where they show like I, uh, Isaac and I were watching friend slash my husband slash mm-hmm. now the father of my child. <laughs> <our> <laughs> child. Um, we watched like ones where they find castles from like back in the day and they would do tours of the castles that have been like abandoned and stuff. And it's really cool. Yeah. Stuff yeah. Like that. it's interesting. I, I love unique um, in mid-century architecture, modern architecture um, and design as well i just think that most of the hg hg tv home makeover shows aren't to my tastes yeah um but yeah that's uh that's probably enough discussion of those (laughs) (laughs) of those shows anything else about the curse before we answer some key questions uh no okay um we've been skipping i've i've been forgetting this question the last couple of weeks but any version of this that's like just a, a two-hour movie instead of um mm-hmm. a full season um maybe this will lead into your answer for the next question but what do you think i think if they did a movie the curse would be real and it'd be a horror movie right it would so be the nearly... difference yeah yeah you wouldn't have nearly as much time to just kind of like dwell on these character moments and mm-hmm. like the drama from this, I assume, is going to come from learning more about Behind the, the scenes character. Like, yeah, learning more about what their motives are and what uh, their relationship dynamics are. I mean, we learned a lot in the first episode about yeah. that, <laughs> but we're probably going to learn even more. And it it may or may not be about like a big plot thing happening. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, is there going to be a way to like salvage? the show that they're making because what one thing we didn't really mention is they want the show 
and the, the director points this out. He's like, this is just coming off like an infomercial. Like they want mm-hmm. it to just be them talking about their humanitarian philosophies mm-hmm. and their earth sustaining building practices. And they're just self-promoting with the goal of making Espanola, which is maybe like a random town in Texas. Do we know? Well, I think they're mentioning like Santa Fe area. They're near like Santa Mexico, Fe. Right? Yeah, so I guess it's the Southwest, but um, their parents have like made done all their building in Santa Fe, and mm-hmm. it's it's yeah, it's a Hispanic community, and they're they want the reality show to bring a lot of new interest into this community because they're buying up a bunch of properties there, so they stand the most to gain from from the growth. Um, yeah. But if the show sucks and doesn't get made or watched then they're just spending a lot of money for, you know, um, probably short-term, very little short-term, long-term value. Like the houses aren't going to make any money. Nathan Fielder says Mm -hmm. that the only thing that's valuable really is the land if the properties go up. Um, So I guess we're going to find out more about that. Yeah, they have. So you said you're watching Fixer Upper, right? Yeah. So that's like Chip and Joanna Gaines. So that show is so popular that they because they're fixing up houses throughout Waco, Texas, and then like mm-hmm. Waco's market like blew up. Right. So that's like aligning to the show. And <laughs> I think the that's the show they're most closely um mm-hmm. mocking and, and satirizing because they have that's a husband wife. Yep. And they are like when they're doing their interview early on, uh, I think they're kind of like the quirk they're they're kind of like mimicking or mocking yeah. those personalities a little bit and what did you say chip and joanna Gaines? Mm-hmm. yeah so chip's personality i mean like it's just so silly and ridiculous but it's it's supposed to be like he's like the sweet dumb idiot um <laughs> i guess that was redundant but um but it and, but it is actually kind of endearing and mm-hmm. they work together which is nice and collaborate and you don't see any kind of um, in the two episodes that I watched tension <laughs> yeah. between them. It's pure just like comfort viewing for 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 the viewer, um, where this is just wallowing in yep. the tension um, and awkwardness between them. So, yeah, we'll we'll see. Um, I agree with you that the movie version would have to be much more like focused on a major plot event happening and the fallout from that whereas what i'm enjoying about this is um, these long extended you know character building moments and monologues and and things like that that we probably wouldn't get in a movie so right show for yeah. me <laughs> so do you want more probably pretty Just, obvious answer. yeah, yeah. <laughs> maybe the most interesting thing i mean house of usher was incredible but i went into that I would have been shocked if I didn't like it. This yeah. is probably the most interesting new thing that I didn't know what to expect. Um, aside from kind of like the A24 stamp of approval or whatever. Um, yeah. So yes, a hundred percent. I want more. Um, uh, we forgot to go into Emma Stone. Anything you want to say about her performance? I mean, she's a really good actress. I haven't seen her for a while. So I was kind of, I don't know the last maybe that Jonah Hill show she was in. Last time I saw her, that you really liked that series. 
Oh, Maniac. Yeah. My, mm-hmm. Yeah. Incredible. That was a while ago. So yeah, been... I, did, I miss Cruella. Um, and she's got a big movie. It? No, I didn't see Cruella. It's so good. You really? should watch it. Yeah, oh, it's wow. really good. Um, highly recommend it. It's, I don't know, it was much better than I thought it was going to be. So you should watch it. Uh, cool. And she has a new movie coming out um, any day now, Poor Things, directed by uh, Yorgos Lanthimos, who did The Lobster and Sacred oh. Deer and um, some crazy That's going to be uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. So maybe her comeback has um, already, <laughs> is already underway. Yeah. But yeah, I just wanted to, she's, she's really good playing kind of, um, I don't know, this like superficial uptight character who's trying mm-hmm. really hard. You kind of hear it at the beginning in that trailer that, or that, um, rec- voiceover that she's recording and it, she's pulling all the strings for their operation. So she's kind of like got, um, a lot of dark undertones with her character, yeah. which are fun. Yep. Yeah, she does a good job. Um, but, I mean, you you you've definitely probably given a little bit more of a mixed response than me. So I'm curious, yeah, if you want more. Um, I don't. Nice. <laughs> I mean, terrible. You're wrong, but I'm pleasantly uh, surprised that we disagree. Yeah, I just um, I wanted it to be like darker. I yeah. wanted. Yeah. So, I mean, we both thought it was going to be more like maybe horror or something, and maybe it will turn into that. If not, that's fine. I think that's better for you if it doesn't. Um, but for me, I wanted like I wanted them to get in like a car accident, something crazy to happen, and like I wanted like, yeah, murder or something. I don't know. Oh, speaking of, maybe we'll get that next week. <laughs> <laughs> but we'll get there in a minute. Um, okay. Well, the good news is I'll be able to fill you in in as well as fill listeners in on updates because yeah. uh, i'll 100 percent be watching this till the end unless um unless it unless goes it completely off the rails like, the show at the weekend whatever that show was uh i watched that to the end unless it turns into the changeling which is the only show oh, that yeah. i like platonic <laughs> oh yeah i guess we've had a couple american of horror story <laughs> there's a couple well we've had some that one i knew from the start yeah, yeah the changeling i thought i was gonna finish and platonic that was that was an interesting journey. It, it, uh, I really thought I would finish that one as well, but mm. yeah. So yeah, we'll see. Anything could happen. So each week when we watch a show or a movie, um, we take something from it and we sell it in our gift shop. I'm looking at our list right now, and I just noticed um, an animatronic Ashley with a volleyball accessory as a thing. Yeah, that from, that's from Freddy's, obviously. That's from Freddy's. Yep, yep. Yeah. You want? Um, we didn't. <laughs> get your consent or approval to start That's production fine. but you can get a free coupon for 20 percent off of one. oh i can of myself yeah, yeah. <laughs> perfect <laughs> they're perfect. like they cost like um like twenty five grand to make, so I mean oh, that's, okay. a, that's a good, that's a pretty that's good a discount. Good, it's a bargain. <laughs> yeah. Um. So we have that. We have a sleuthing sloth. Um. Chocolate crucifix. A power glove that fixes VCRs. That's interesting. Yep, that was a bit of a stretch from the anime <laughs> we watched last week. Um. So what do we want to take from this movie? I mean, this show and sell for profit. Y- yeah, cherry tomatoes, homegrown. A kit. It could be a kit. But they grow like micro penises <laughs> instead of a tomato shape. Okay, so cherry tomatoes that grow 
into <laughs> micro penises. Yeah, we'll we'll come and up with a better pee, name. You have to pee on them to have them grow. Oh yeah, so they're like um, um, we've done the things that you water chia pets before. Oh yeah. Um, but the difference here is, yeah, they only they only grow with urine. Yep. Perfect. Yeah. We've probably done like the dinosaurs that you that start off small and and grow bigger. <laughs> Once again, same thing, but urine. <laughs> but just change the liquid up a little bit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and we'll get our our best chemists on the formula that will you know make sure it doesn't work with water. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it'll know yeah exactly um all right so what do we have next week maybe some murder maybe some murder let's hear the trailer for this show and see what it sounds like i think about it like a coin toss when your life can go one way or Another. I give in. When they're trapped. To sin. At the end of the world. You have to make this life livable. There's no going back. Welcome. It's so exciting to see you all here. No Great cast. Yeah, so that was Clive. Bark, Clive Barker, Clive, Clive Owen. Owen's voice at the end there. Haven't seen him in anything for a while, so that's super yeah. exciting. Um, I've been kind of avoiding most uh, information about this show. Um, I've scanned the trailer just to be able to play it for the podcast. But Britt Marling is the creator, and she's done a bunch of kind of sci-fi shows and, and movies. Um, the OA, did you watch that? Um, I think I watched like half of it and I've dropped off. Yeah, I haven't I haven't watched the last couple of shows, but her early movies, um, Sound of My Voice and Another Earth were um really kind of one's a cult a cult movie and the other's like a sci-fi, very indie sci-fi movie. So I've and those were 2011. So she's been making kind of very specific um like her own tone of of movie and show for a while um i'm excited to to check this one out um but yeah it's called murder at the end of the world it's going to be on fx FX. on hulu (laughs) oh okay i don't know if i should play the same game with you that i did with derek last week i've been using new music to end it raining in the background Yes, exactly. You're already you're already doing better than him. I asked him, you know those YouTube videos that are like lo-fi uh, that give you like a million keywords in the title to describe what's happening in the video so that when you search for blank. No. <laughs> um, okay. Well, anyway, rain is one of the words. I was just asking Derek to like identify the things that that he was hearing, but um but Soothing yeah. rain, the piano mix <laughs> autumn cozy cabin peaceful piano music and ambiance relaxing rain sounds oh yeah um, brought to you by enchanting ember on youtube so yeah it sounds like some lo-fi stuff i listen to like lo-fi calming music there is like endless options for yeah this type of of mm-hmm. video 
on YouTube, but like I pointed out last week, this one has the most cats of any of the first few that I clicked on. So there's a light. Did cat you add that to your search? No, also, <laughs> um, but hopefully, you, you know, YouTube's pretty smart. It'll probably learn and start <laughs> prioritizing the ones that that have cats. Lo-fi girl has a cat. Oh yeah, yeah. So it's it's an important part of the genre. <laughs> All right. Well, um, thank you for listening this week. If you want to subscribe to the podcast and hear our review of Murder at the End of the World next week and some exciting um, new stuff to come for the rest of the year, then search new release on Spotify or Apple or any other podcast platform. Ashley? That's a baby. Carrot. (laughs) Oh, multiple layers to that. (laughs) All right, thanks.